morning. It's a joy to be with you once again. And uh, I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what folks do in Africa. If ever you've been to Africa or had missionaries come from Africa, which is where I was born, that's how it all begins. And that's where it all is going to end. In the name of our Lord Jesus, gathered at the throne in worship and honor. So to have a foretaste today with you is a joy. Thank you, Pastor Tom, for the invitation and the elders that let me be here. So here's a brief outline of the passage. We're coming in, of course, in the midst of a long, long stride of teaching in the book of Hebrews. Um, But uh, in verse 19, we begin with these words, since, since we have confidence. And of course, this implies a whole lot of teaching that you already have on board. And in light of all of this, we have confidence to enter the most holy place. We want to talk about what that is today. By the blood of Jesus, there's a new and living way. That's the first reason for our confidence, the blood of Jesus that has made this new way possible. And then, of course, the second thing is that we have a great high priest who is over the house of God. These images, of course, this new and living way, this sacrifice of the Lord Jesus and this role of the high priest is all informed in our imagination through reading the Old Testament, being schooled in The old covenant has shaped the Christian imagination, the believing imagination, to appreciate what these gifts actually are. Because the old way was dead, right? It didn't lead anywhere. It just led to doing it all over again, every day, over and over. But through the Lord Jesus Christ, of course, if one has lived through that old covenant system, then the new living way would be very much appreciated. So we get to read the stories and imagine what it was like, how it didn't lead anywhere, how the conscience was never actually cleansed, how the sacrifice of a blood couldn't actually ever atone for human sin. And so we had to do it again next week and next month, next year, exactly the same thing we did last year. Well, in Christ, friends, this is not necessary anymore. Of course, the new and living way, and furthermore, Christ, our high priest, If you'd ever been to the temple, you would have seen the priests. If you'd ever made your way to Jerusalem back then, you would have seen these individuals dressed in their particular garb, which set them apart as special. You had to be one of them to belong there. You had to be dressed like that. You had to be the right gender. You had to be perfect in human body. You couldn't have any defect. All these limitations and restrictions upon access... And all you could do if you weren't among them was just look at them and wonder what a wonderful thing it might be to be one of them, to be able to go into the house of the Lord. And then if you were a male and the head of a household, you would have the responsibility of bringing an animal and you would bring it and uh, you would perhaps put your hand on its head while the priest who had all the power cut its throat and your sin would be transferred to that animal But of course, it didn't do anything because an animal's blood couldn't actually atone for your sin. So you went home the same as you did when you came. It's futile, isn't it? But this, this image was given to instruct the heart that we would eventually appreciate what Jesus has done for us. Jesus, the Lamb of God. But he isn't only the Lamb. He's also the High Priest. 
He's the one over all these priests in this house of worship. <clears throat> and his, the high priest's responsibility and privilege was to go into the most holy place once a year. And he was so holy that a rope would have to be tied to his ankle. I'm sure you've heard about this. In case the power of God took his life. Because no one could follow him in. If he died, he would have to be pulled out of the most holy place. That was the responsibility and the privilege of the high priest. Well, friends, our high priest, the great high priest, has gone not into the earthly sanctuary, into the most holy place sanctuary. He's gone into the heavens, and there is no rope attached to his ankle. He has gone there and is an anchor for our soul. He's not coming back in that sense of leaving that role, that responsibility. He is, of course, coming back again to gather us to himself. But he won't be dragged out. He's going to come in victory and assert the kingdom of, of the Father and of the Son and establish the reign of righteousness once and for all. Well, this is our great high priest, friends. And when you've got the imagination from the Old Testament now, because that's all we've got, these, this history and these stories, we need to meditate on those things so that we can see where they point to the fulfillment of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, friends, since we have this great high priest who has gone before us, and since we have this new and living way, it says now in verse 22, three things, 22, 23, 24, which is the exhortation for today. Let us, one, draw near to God. I want to think about that. What does that look like for you? Let us draw near to God. Secondly, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. We have this hope that we have. Let's hold to it without swerving, without diversion, without distraction, if that were possible. And when we become distracted, let's come back to this one hope. And thirdly, let us consider, verse 24, how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. When we come to this passage now in verse 19, we kind of cross the threshold into the purpose of the whole book. More than that, we actually come up into the whole reason for becoming a Christian in the first place. If I were to ask you, what was the reason for your becoming a Christian? Why did you decide to set your heart on following Jesus, on becoming a disciple of the Lord Jesus. What was the felt need? What was the desire of your heart? Well, whatever it may have been, and there could be a variety of different answers why you came to faith in the Lord Jesus, the point of that, that death of Jesus, that resurrection of Jesus, that ascension of Jesus, that descent of the Holy Spirit, what was the point of all of that? If not to give us access to the living God. That's the point. And at this moment in the book of Hebrews, we cross over from all that's gone before to this exhortation. Let us, therefore, since we have this confidence, let us enter the holy place. And verse 24, uh, 20, 22 again, let us draw near. 
Now, friends, this is your birthright as a child of God. Are you exercising it? Are you drawing near? Are you coming into the presence of God? Now, of course, you are because we've all been here gathered in the presence of the Lord. But I want us to pause and think about this, friends. This is the, this is the whole reason. Are you pressing into your birthright? Are you taking advantage of the benefit that Jesus secured with his own blood? Because what he's done for you and what he's done for me is given us access to the living God. Do you believe it? Do you hold this as the hope that you treasure unswervingly? That when we gathered in this place and begun to sing to the Lord, where were you? If there was a title for this message, it would be, where do you think you are? Do you believe that you came into the presence of the living God? Do you believe, friends, that you had access to the throne of refuge? Or were you just here? And when you go into your prayer closet, friends, where do you go? Where do you think you are? Just in your bedroom? Or in your car? Or wherever it is that you go? Where are you? If not in the presence of the living God, you have access to God, friends. This is our right. This is what we need to exercise, friends. This is where we need to go in our hearts with faith and expectation to meet with God. Because it is there that we are changed. It is there that we are sanctified. It is there that we are made whole again. It is there that we are fortified and strengthened for this, this life that we live, for this battle that we need to wage in this life. It is there that we go to find out who we are. It is there that we find the, the prompting and the voice indeed of the Holy Spirit welling up within us that says, Abba, Father. Not as a theory, not as an idea, not as something I have to do like the rapping on the knuckles, but something that you've become. You've become a child of God. And when you open your mouth to pray, there is the prompting of the Holy Spirit within you already saying the words, Father. Father, whether you hear the word or not, the reality is being breathed into you by the Holy Spirit. Friends, because we have this confidence, since we have this high priest who has gone to heaven already for us, you don't have to do anything more to earn your way there. You and I don't need to do anything extra. Yes, yes, let's honor God. Don't let me restrain you by speaking on. He's done it and he's there for us. And we are planted there in him. Let us then go with confidence to the throne of grace. Believing that it's there. Friends, because the problem, the limitation in our prayer is that we don't actually believe what's happening. We just, we just think about what we can see and hear with these, with these senses that we've been given. Beautiful as they are, but they don't inform us about the spiritual realities. We've got to live this Christian life, this spiritual life. This life in the spirit, animated by faith, because that's the dynamic that informs what actually is going on. Jesus is our high priest, and he's gone into the heavens, friends. And when you pray, you there, you are there with him because of, because of his being there, not because you've earned it, or because you didn't 
slip today or because you didn't have some sin that's going to hinder that. Friends, what we do with the sin that hinders us is we confess it. And the thing that would obstruct your coming into the presence of God is already paid for, remember? It's already atoned for, not by the blood of some animal that couldn't do it, but by the blood of the Son of God. And so we come then with a sincere heart, it says in the text. We come with a true heart. We come without ducking and diving, without an explanation of why, God, you know, I just, I, this, that, and the other, and our silly little explanations that don't amount to anything to justify ourselves. We don't have to do that anymore. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So we come with freedom and boldness. The only time we don't come with a sincere heart, sisters and brothers as Christians, is when we are meddling with sin, flirting with sin. Then we don't have a sincere heart. We've got a conflicted heart. We know we have a right to be in the presence of God, but we but we're playing also with the thing that would keep us from the presence of God. And that's a great confusion, friends. Who wants to live in such a place? We'll talk about that, God willing, a little bit next week, which is where the text brings us. But for now, let's consider again the sincere heart that we can have. We have a sincere heart, friends, a true heart. When we come into the presence of God with faith, and we come there believing we're exactly where we want to be, in the presence of God, but all, as sometimes the old gospel preachers used to say, all fessed up. That is to say, all acknowledged of our need for a Savior. And all looking to him with confidence and assurance. Jesus, I am sorry. Father, forgive me. I am not worthy to be here, but your son has made a way. And I come with confidence and boldness. With a true penitent heart. A sincere heart. This way, friends, we're exercising our hope unswervingly. We're living into the reality that Jesus made possible for us. Now, let's look at the text again for a minute. I want to just read it again so you can be refreshed in what I'm holding in my heart as we look at these words. Therefore, brethren, sisters and brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. I said we're going to talk about that for a minute. We're going to come back to that after I've read this. Enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way which he established for us through the veil that is his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God. Here's the exhortation. Let us draw near with a sincere heart or a true heart. In full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from a clean uh, sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. As we think about coming to the holy place, I want to just comment on verse 22 for a minute. You know, when the priests entered the old covenant temple, they would have to be sprinkled with the blood of a sacrifice and they would have to undergo a ritual washing with water in order to make themselves ceremonially clean. And anyone that wanted to come into the temple, any male that was that wanted to come to the temple and offer sacrifices, I emphasize the male-female thing, friend, because I'm so tired of distinctions in the church. As a child of God, sisters, 
You have direct access to the throne of God. Direct access. There is no greater, higher, privileged place. And I love how the sisters led us in worship right to the throne this morning. I love that. Isn't that beautiful? Amen. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Co-heirs. It's not like it used to be. The priests of God are washed in pure water, it says in this passage. And you and I, friends, are priests of a different order. We're not Levitical priests. We are priests of the living God in the order of Melchizedek. You know, Jesus wasn't a Levite. He couldn't have been a priest in the Old Covenant. Do you realize that? He himself was excluded from Old Covenant priesthood. He has smashed the old system. It has been rendered, you read in chapter 9, obsolete. Because something new and better has come into being. And Jesus is as the one who's gone before us. He's begun a new priesthood. Remember Peter says, you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. He's talking to the whole church. That's what we are, priests of the Most High God. We have been washed with pure water. What is that, friends, if not the waters of baptism? Washed with pure water. When you came out of those waters, you emerged a new person, a new creation, a priest of the Most High God. And we've been sprinkled with the blood. And what if it wasn't the blood of Christ which, of which we partook again today to remind us our conscience has been cleansed, cleansed. You have a pure conscience, cleansed. Do you know it says that God doesn't even remember the sin? You read that last week, I think. Just think about that, friends. God doesn't remember your sin. When you have brought it to the, to, to the throne, when you've brought it to the Savior and confess that you're a sinner and here are the things that are plaguing my conscience, when you bring that and I bring that before the throne, we ask God of mercy in me, cover me with the blood of Jesus. The word of God says God doesn't remember that anymore. Do you believe that? Or are you still plagued by guilty conscience for no reason at all? Friends, we have access to the throne of God. This is not a play place. This is not a little pretend place. This is coming into the presence of the living and God, and it is fearful to fall into his hands with unconfessed sin. But when we, when we walk in the forgiveness that Jesus has made possible, when you are washed with pure water, and when you live into that baptism state of being a child of God, and when you know your conscience is sprinkled with the blood of the covenant, friends, then you are ready as a priest. You are fit to enter the holy place. And that's where I want to come and perhaps spend the remainder of our time. What is this holy place that we enter? Well, Jesus, when he ascended into heaven, went into the, the throne room of the living God, the actual throne of which the, the temple uh, and the tabernacle was a, was a copy. You know, a copy was like you know, a matchbox car compared to the real thing. I mean, it's kind of sad that you get a matchbox car if there's a real car to drive. Well, friends, heaven is the real car, but and we've been fiddling around with matchbox cars till, you know, till Jesus came and made something much better possible. And what he's made for us 
what is made what he's made possible for us is to enter the place where he has gone now i want to think about that a little bit because there's two ways i want us to think about that or at least to present for you to think about it see what resonates with you because the holy spirit is your teacher remember the new covenant terms are no one has to tell another one who god is because we're all going to know who god is personally so let me share with you from my reflections not to tell you something but to see what resonates with you and then stay with what the holy spirit is teaching you but there's two things when i think about entering the throne of god the holy of holies the one is to go where jesus went that is to say to ascend in my heart to the heavenly realm the heaven itself and to think about being there the problem of course then there is a problem with that is i can't see that remember we i don't know i can't ever report i've been there because i I've never died, if you will, and seen what is beyond. I've never been taken up into the third heaven like the apostle Paul was and seen the realities. Perhaps you have, but the likelihood is is not because that isn't the normal Christian experience. We have to venture by faith to where we are, remember? We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And the high priest Christ is seated. And Paul says we are seated talk about privilege with him it's your position we enjoy the benefits of Jesus himself seated incredible so when I close my eyes and we say our father in heaven where do you go where are you when you say those words our father in heaven and i want to come with faith because without faith it is impossible to please god i want to come with faith into that place where jesus is and believe that i'm there granted full access nothing more friends there's nothing more to do but believe in the heavens with christ so that's the one part I want to spend more time thinking about the second way. There's an old hymn that says heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Perhaps some of you remember that old gospel hymn. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. Remember that? It's beautiful. Maybe we, maybe you want to sing it again. I don't know. The wise one takes out the treasure from the old and the new and shares it all. But there is this thing that heaven has come down to us because we can't attain to it this was the whole reality visited upon the church with the descent of the holy spirit heaven has come to you and the scriptures teach us that you have become the temple of the holy spirit there is heaven inside you because we can't get up to where Jesus is what he's preparing is you the place where glory dwells now i want to say friends this is a mystery because i can't explain it but think about this let the holy spirit teach you about this see what the word of god is telling you about this but did you have become the dwelling place of the most high god now remember the old testament witness and the old covenant 
That whole tabernacle where the glory of God actually fell, where on one occasion when Solomon was ministering there and leading the worship, although he was not the priest but only the king, the glory fell in such a way that the priests couldn't conduct their ministry. Remember that? That was the match car, the matchbox car edition. It was real. It's a real car. It's a real copy of the car. And the glory of God fell there. Friends, what I'm wanting to get around to saying is that you are participating in the heavenly reality. Because it's not about you and me being super anything. It's about the fact that the Holy Spirit has come to dwell inside you or you're not a Christian at all yet. I mean, it's either that or one or the other. If the Holy Spirit is living inside you, you are a temple of that Spirit, which means heaven has come down and the glory of God has filled your soul. When you begin to pray, where are you? Are you inhabiting that place? Are you the priest in the temple of God that he has established in your very being? Do you believe it? Are you exercising that right as a child of God? Since we have confidence to enter the holy place, friends, where do you go? <laughs> let's, let's believe what has been made possible for us. Let's believe what has been opened to us. Let's enter with confidence and assurance. When you pray, where do you go? When you sing psalms of praise, where do you go? I'm mentioning, as I list these things, ways to access the presence of the living God. When you listen to God's word in your heart, where do you go? When you enter that rest that has been made possible in Christ Jesus, where do you go? Let's pray. Holy Father, we thank you for what you've made possible for us in Christ Jesus. How can we ever thank you enough for what you sent Jesus to accomplish for us? How can we ever have enough words to thank you? <clears throat> Lord, we, we, <clears throat> we lack even the comprehension. But we believe today, Lord. <clears throat> we believe and we have demonstrated our belief by coming to this place together as your living temple together, each of us living stones built up to the temple of the Most High God. And Father, we, we have exercised our belief by praying this morning and by listening to your word, attending to it, by meditating on it in our hearts. Lord, we have drawn near today. We have come with faith. We have come with sincerity of heart. Would you work your works in us that are yet to be done? Would you work your works and fulfill in us what you have begun in us? Would you complete this sanctifying work, this healing work, this work that is, delivers us from the old and brings us into the new? Would you accomplish these things in us, Holy Father? And Father, we pray for those who feel far from you today. We pray for those who just need to be encouraged to draw closer. Lord, for those who are frail and weak and doubting, those who find themselves faltering, who simply don't believe they are good enough. 
who are struggling with sin, with addiction, with habitual sin. Lord, maybe even with unbelief, would you have mercy on them? Would you remind them today by your Holy Spirit that Jesus has come to them as the good shepherd comes to seek the lost and takes us up in our need and brings us to where we need to be? Oh, Father, we pray for these ones. Would you draw them in? Would you ignite their hearts again with faith and fervor? Would you receive us all, your whole flock, as we come with faith? One more time to sing in your presence. Receive our worship. Receive our thanks. For we offer it, Father, in the name of our Savior, our Shepherd, and our High Priest and King of Kings, Jesus Christ, the Lord. Amen. Amen.